This is Financially Free with Wellington Adams, featuring Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Barron and Simon provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Financially Free with Wellington Adams with your hosts, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Financially Free with myself, Baron Fitzgerald, and Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. If at any point you'd like more information about what you hear today during the show, please give us a call at 855-793-2409 or visit us online at wellingtonadams.com. And while you're at the website, you can click on the radio page and check out any of our past shows, as well as subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. So today's show, we're going to talk about avoiding phone scams and what are tariffs. These are a couple of things that are in the news lately, so um, we're going to just touch base on them. But first, I'd like to welcome to our show our co-host, Tony Shore. How are you today, Tony? Well, Baron, thanks for asking. I'm doing great. It's great to be here. You guys look great today. We're all here having fun together on the radio. And yeah, I've had a crazy week, but it's been a fun one. I'm really enjoying the weather, things like that. How about you, Baron? What have you been up to? I'm doing all right, Tony. I actually went out last weekend and played a little golf. Nice. And actually had the worst show of putting expertise that I've ever had in my golfing <laughs> career. Hard I, to believe that. I've seen so. I'm just kidding. I, I'm actually usually a pretty good putter, and I literally had 13 three putts and one four putt. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Tough I mean, course or tough day there, buddy. Yeah, you got to work on that <laughs> short game, Baron. Well, usually I'm really, really good at putting, and it was just absolutely atrocious. But other than that, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it's still fun. It's still fun. You're you're not doing it to, you know, you're not trying to win the PGA or the Open. You're just out there to have fun, get some exercise, get some sun, socialize. That it, That's that's all it is. That's right, Tony. It was a fun day. It was actually beautiful weather, so we had fun. That's good. And Simon, anything new in your life? Well, Tony, I uh, got to go out golfing myself for once as well. Oh, Baron just gave me the look like, oh my goodness, listeners, he never gets out. <laughs> and it showed. And it showed. Yeah, I don't golf. So. I put it well, though, oddly enough. So there you go. <laughs> we could have I, I stole his game from yeah, him. When I, when I golf, I slice to the right every time. Every time. Yeah. So, so do you start to aim left on purpose? <laughs> I have. I have. But I've, I've, I've also gotten critique from people. Oh, that's because you're doing this when you come down. Well, I, tr- I try and it's just, it's tough. It's tough. But, but other than that, uh, we're doing good. Besides our golf games, <laughs> I think all three of us, we look great. I mean, that's that we got that going for us. So. Um, but I'm looking forward to today's topics. You said tariffs and phone scams. I've been hearing a lot about both lately. That's right, Tony. Today I want to address two topics that have been in the news lately, and we want to just examine how they can potentially impact our listeners. 
while phone scams and tariffs don't really have much in common at all, they both have the potential to create chaos for our finances. So with that in mind, we're going to first dive into an examination of just some of the common phone scams that have been out there recently. Um, We'll be talking about some scams that have been highlighted in a recent Reader's Digest article named Watch Out. These 10 phone call scams could steal your money. You know, our goal here today, Tony, is to just give the people some information that can help them avoid falling for these types of scams. Phone scams are really an increasing problem. I don't know about you, but, you know, I get them on my cell phone all the time. People trying to call me, you know, robocalls. According to a September 2018 press release from FirstOrion.com titled Nearly 50% of U.S. mobile traffic will be scam calls by 2019. So arming yourself with some knowledge about different types of phone scams could be useful in you know, keeping your financial information safe. And these scams, they're not just targeting older people, although that's very common. They're targeting everyone. Yeah. So it's really wise for everyone to be careful when getting these types of phone calls. Yeah, and you said 50% of all mobile calls this year will be scams. That sounds awful, right, Simon? Yeah, that's really alarming, isn't it? And not only are a lot of the scam calls, there's also a lot of different types of phone scams that exist out there. The first one that's mentioned in the Reader's Digest article is the Can You Hear Me scam. It's a con that's designed to record your voice when you answer yes. And then this recording can be used to claim that you agreed to something that you didn't. One way to avoid answering is to use a full sentence. And they suggest in the article that you say something to the effect of, I can hear you just fine instead. I find that a little humorous, obviously, because if you know it's a scam and you're being cautious, you might as well just hang up and report it. But, you know, it's always good to be aware of these things and try to incorporate that. I I actually... I have not heard of that scam yet. No. So kind of interesting. That no, I have. Gotten... I've had that done yeah. to me. Yep. Yeah, I have not heard of that one yet. Yeah. Maybe it was done to me and I don't even know it now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. And See? It, and it, it affects just... everybody. Yeah. And I like the solution, though. Instead of saying yes or no, say, I can hear you just fine. Right, except for... I like Simon's solution better. Just hang up. <laughs> really? well, yeah. Are you really going to be on guard enough to realize that, I guess, was my point? Well, ob- but obviously, it- hanging up is the best solution probably for all of these. And, and But that one seems so innocent. I mean, we all remember yeah. the classic commercial, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Uh, <laughs> right. So I guess it's easy for people to get confused and give the scammers exactly what they want in response in that one. Well, Tony, I couldn't hear you. What would you say? Um, <laughs> can you hear me now? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. And that's a good memorable commercial as well. You know, I still reference that from time to time if I'm talking on the phone and you get that interference or somebody gets lost in there and they call back. That's, you know, and everybody still knows it. Yeah. The the next scam is uh, especially prevalent during tax season that they mentioned there. That's one where the caller will pretend to be from the Internal Revenue Service. They're an I- they pose as an IRS agent threatening legal action if you don't pay your balance right then and there. And they may even ask you to confirm some personal information along the way. And it's all a scam. The IRS only uses official letterhead for communications. And as a matter of policy, they won't actually call you. So even if you feel that the call might be legitimate and it sounds great, just hang up, call the IRS directly. 
If you do have an issue, the official phone number should connect you with the appropriate department to help you out. Right. And so to repeat, the IRS will never call you. They send a letter instead. Yeah, that's correct, Tony. But while the IRS won't call you, your bank might. So how do you know if these are the legitimate calls? You know, perhaps your bank is calling to verify recent transactions on your credit card or something along those lines. That sounds legitimate. You know, you should safely answer yes or no to some of these questions, but don't provide any additional information to them. If they ask for further details, uh, personal information, or to start to get you to answer some, uh, give them some feedback, just hang up, flip your bank card over, call the customer service number that's on the back. They can verify if it's legitimate or not. Right. And so that that's good to know about these uh, to avoid them. And I'm sure when somebody seems to know information about you, it makes it seem more legitimate. Yeah, that's right, Tony. I mean, something it's that's something that scam artists are, you know, they're just counting on. Another tactic that they use is um, involving curiosity. Curiosity is really a hard thing to resist. And the quote unquote one ring scam plays into that. What happens is, is they, your phone will ring, but it's only going to just ring once. And what the scammers are looking to do is they want you to call back out of curiosity so that they can then confirm that your number is working. They may answer or maybe they'll call you back later. And then if they're going to call you back later, they may also flip the script by asking you why you called them. And then, you know, in your state of confusion, not remembering who called who, they can try and get, you know, important personal data from you. (laughs) There you go. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. In fact, uh, that's I've heard about that one too. I know people who have gotten uh, taken, and it feels like a dirty trick: confuse and overwhelm. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tony. Although there are many positives to technology, it can also be frustrating and confusing. And scammers are using the emotions that you have to try to con you out of your data. In the next scam, we're going to talk about how you could receive a call from someone claiming to be from a major tech company like Apple or Microsoft, Facebook, or even your local internet provider. They may ask if you've had a computer or phone problem recently. They may offer to fix the problem. And they do that by having you download your software or an app. And then if you do that, that, that malware is going to then slow down your computer or your phone and potentially steal some sensitive information. If you have problems that require any kind of tech support, again, like it, like you said earlier, Tony, the best thing to do is just hang up and call the company directly. That way you're going to avoid any potential mishaps along the way because you made the phone call. You know you're calling the, the company that's a legitimate number back and therefore you can get the information that they need or give them the information they need or, or you know, see if it, in fact, is a scam call. Well, exactly. I mean, obviously, Microsoft, Apple, and Facebook, they're not going to call you, number one. Right. In fact, if right. you wanted to call them, good luck getting a hold of yeah, an right. actual person, <laughs> physical person at those companies. Uh, it is nigh impossible. Um, right. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, to- yeah. you know, Tony. I mean, what seems obvious, though, to, to maybe you or I or, you know, the majority of people out there, especially with people that are maybe a little elderly or they're not as tech savvy. Right. You know, these are the people that they're preying on. So they just don't have any idea. So that's why we're trying to just really one of the best things to do is most cases is just hang up the phone. Yeah, exactly. Hang up the phone. And 
In fact, that this very scam, it, it hit it close to home for us. My wife and I, my wife's mom, my mother-in-law, got taken by this one, and they called her up and said they were from Microsoft, and they asked her if she'd been having issues with her computer. And, of course, she always has issues with her computer. She's old, right, she's, right. she's old and we always have to come right. over there and help her. And um, so they said, well, we will fix it. We'll only charge your card, you know, $40.00. Give us your credit card number, and then let's set up a security. We'll give you a password. Uh, give us a, a typical password that you use and your mother's maiden name for security purposes. And that way, when you log in, uh, we'll install this on your on your computer, and you'll be able to to log mm -hmm. in, and you won't have any more problems. So she gave them all her information, all of the information, right, and exactly. access. And then she they emailed her. She clicked on the thing. They had access to her computer. They had yeah. all her information, and it was one of these scams. So. It seems to be a trend, especially targeting seniors. But like you said, a lot of people I know, young and old, have gotten these calls. And they confuse and steal information, especially to influence vulnerable people on the other end of the line. Right, Baron? Yeah, Tony. Actually, this next one that I'm going to talk about, you just mentioned about how your, I think you said your mom was affected by that one. Yeah, my mother-in-law. Yeah. Mother-in-law. We we get a lot of uh Elderly, elderly clients that have had this scam um, being tried to be perpetrated on them. And it's really one of the most disturb disturbing phone scams that I've heard of. And what it is, it involves a call claiming to have a loved one held against their will. Oh. You know, could be uh, maybe a child or a grandchild. The scammers, they may even play on your emotions with dramatic acts like someone screaming in pain in the background or, you know, begging for help. In, in these scenarios, it could really be easy to let your emotions just carry you away. What we recommend is, is, first off, you have to try to contact the loved one another way. Gather as much information from the, call, the, from the caller as possible. If they're willing to stay on the phone and help you confirm a monetary transaction, uh, it's quite possible that they're really a scammer and not necessarily a kidnapper. I mean, I, I can't imagine that kidnappers are going to want to stay on the phone for a long period of time. You know, so if the caller is willing to hold on while you go get your wallet, it, it should kind of be a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say so. Again, just uh, I would hang up and then try to get a hold of that loved one. Uh, if I think they would call back if, if it's legit, but uh, it's never legit usually in that situation. And that seems like right. an especially horrible situation. I can't imagine how terrifying that would be. Yeah, Tony, I mean, that would have to be pretty terrifying yeah. if for some reason it seemed legitimate enough to believe it. And that's what we're talking about here. You know, hopefully talking about some of these different phone scams, making people aware of what's going on out there, even though it might be uncomfortable or odd for some of us. You know, it's helpful to the listeners. You know, you should be prepared for when these things come along. Just like I said earlier, you know, it seems funny that you would be actively prepared for some of this stuff when they're asking it. But that's kind of the point of today's discussion is just to make yourself a little bit more aware of what's going on out there and kind of the big key I think that I noticed we all said several times is if you're not sure just hang up and call the place that you're you want the information from directly yeah and if it exists they'll be able to help you another type of scam the article mentioned is about jury eligibility a target may receive a call that claims they're up for jury duty the scammer is then going to ask them to confirm some personal information and what they're trying to do is steal sensitive information as we mentioned earlier, the best way to combat this is, you know, this attempt is to hang up and then call the phone number associated with the official department, uh, the courthouse, etc. 
Don't ask the caller for a number to call them back. If they're legitimate, you should be able to call them through an official number to confirm. Yeah, exactly. It's like the IRS and bank scams you mentioned uh, earlier. A healthy dose of skepticism obviously can help us and be a valuable weapon against these phone scams, right, Simon? Yeah, that's well put, Tony. You're exactly right there. Which, you know, we'll move on to our last one here as we talk about some of these scams today. Um, as we mentioned before, scam owners are preying on confusion in a lot of cases and they try scare tactics. Uh, and at times, they'll also look to take advantage of uh, an individual's charitable side of things. So if you kind of look at it from that side, they're saying, oh, on the flip side of scare and confuse, as we mentioned earlier. Also, some of the good natured folks out there can get preyed on. Um, when scammers impersonate things like a charity, a political party, a lobbyist, uh, some type of nonprofit organization, or even an alumni affiliation. They'll use your charitable nature against you in these cases, and they'll ask for donations over the phone. And while you might want to donate to some of these organizations or groups, you know, it's appropriate to be able to ask them um, to mail you a little bit more information, or if it doesn't sound quite right, just to hang up and call them back directly. You know, it's kind of hard for some of us at times to do that because it seems like it might be rude, but you're not being rude. You know, let them know that you're interested, you appreciate their time, and you're just doing your own due diligence to make sure that both you and them are protected. And it's better to do that, obviously, than give away your personal financial data or leave some of that information at risk with a wrong type of uh, scam. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that makes perfect sense. Now, uh, before we head into our final segment and start talking about uh, tariffs and these trade wars, um, Baron, why don't you let our listeners know one more time how they can get a hold of you? Well, Tony, the listeners can reach us at 855-793-2409, or they can visit us online, wellingtonadams.com. You know, our goal here at Wellington Adams is to help provide our clients just with the confidence that they're going to have a comfortable retirement that they've worked really hard for. So please feel free to give us a call or visit us online. Um, we will be able to provide, as Simon mentioned in the earlier segment, that retirement toolkit, um, um, which we can give them a good direction as to where to start planning for their retirement. And if they've already started doing some planning, we can actually just go over what they had and see if everything is, uh, is in good order for them. We'll be right back with more of Financially Free Radio after this. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Wellington Adams Investment Advisory at 855-793-2409 or visit wellingtonadams.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. Welcome back everyone to the last segment of Financially Free with myself, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. Our final segment today is going to focus on something that's also been in the news a lot lately, and that's tariffs. We're going to define what they are, outline their history, and discuss how they're going to affect consumers now. Today's reference is a MagnifyMoney.com article titled, What are Tariffs Anyway? So let's start by just answering that question and then define what tariffs are. Tariffs are taxes that the federal government slaps on products that are imported to the U.S. Um, tariffs are often a percentage of the value of the product that's being imported. 
Wow. Okay. So I know there's been a lot of confusion. There's so much talk about tariffs right now. We've certainly, you know, we've certainly heard a lot about this. Help myself and the listeners out there understand how this all works and what these different percentages we hear about in the news works. Sure, Tony. I mean, for example, let's say uh, a tariff on a microwave is 25% and a foreign company prices that microwave at 100 bucks. Due to the tariff, an American company buying that microwave would have to pay an additional 25 bucks. So this is going to now bring the total cost of the microwave to 125. The importer typically is going to pass the increased expense onto the consumer who's going to purchase the microwave. So the extra 25 doesn't go to the foreign company selling the microwave. The tariff proceeds go to the U.S. Department of the Treasury. Ah, okay. So the tariff percentage can potentially impact the cost of the goods being taxed. But are tariffs a new concept, Simon? Well, no, not at all, Tony. According to Smithsonian.com, there's an article that they had called A History of America's Ever-Shifting Stance on Tariffs. And they pointed out that tariffs aren't a new concept. In fact, they go all the way back to the 1760s. Great Britain charged heavy import duties that increased prices on many desirable goods, things like glass, lead, paper, even tea at the time. And I think you know where this is going there, Tony, with the tea. Uh, I feel like you might be talking about a certain party in the Massachusetts Bay. That's right, Tony. The famous Boston Tea Party was partly in response to those higher prices. After the American Revolution, tariffs were a major source of revenue for the new American government. And you have to remember that there wasn't a federal income tax until 1913. I'll say that again because that's pretty cool. There wasn't a federal income tax until 1913. Wow. Yeah, tariffs also had a hand in the Great Depression. You know, many economists believe that the uh, Herbert Hoover's uh, protectionist move, the Smoot-Hawley Act, in the June of 1930 did more harm than good when it came about. And it was supposed to help the country recover from the stock market crash of 1929. But in the end, it made things even worse internationally. Production booms during the World War II and the Cold War had led to... Uh, the country to an effect of fewer tariffs and focus on the alignment with the free trade philosophy. And then this philosophy eventually led to the establishment of the World Trade Organization back in 1995. Wow. I just like to hear you try to say Smoot Howley. I just like it when you say that, Simon. Right, the, the Smoot Howley act. <laughs> so, Throw that in there after Herbert Hoover protectionist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. So tariffs have obviously been around a long time, but so Baron, why does it feel like they're relatively new then? Well, since the 2016 election, tariffs have really made a big comeback. And, you know, they've been used as a foreign policy tool as much as they've been used as uh, an economic tool. It, initially, it seemed that, you know, whoever could puff their chest out more, whether it was the U.S. or China, and the reality is, is that both countries don't benefit from a trade war. But in our opinion, as well as many others, in the long run, China is going to get hurt more. Tariffs as high as 25% have been levied against imports from China, as well as Canada, uh, the European Union, South Korea, Brazil, Argentina, just to name a few. 
And this can also affect exports from the United States. Countries often react to new tariffs by imposing their own on products coming from the United States. Interesting. So that's why it's been in the news so much this past few years. Well, yeah. Now that we know that, you know, what tariffs are and what their history is, let's look at how tariffs can really affect the consumer. According to the Magnify Money article we mentioned earlier, consumers generally end up paying the majority of the tariff costs. The rest of the tariff, you know, may be absorbed by the foreign exporters or the U.S. company importing the product, but generally it's the consumer who's going to take the brunt of it. With higher-end specialized products, the entire cost is usually passed on to the consumer. Another factor with highly specialized products is that a company may not have a choice but to pay a tariff because they can't find the product anywhere else. Then they pass that extra expense, as I mentioned before, on to the consumer. With lower-end products like T-shirts, there's a lot of competition from other countries. So foreign companies often will lower their costs to offset the tariff. And that usually means on lower-end, highly competitive goods, consumers typically don't experience you know, as much of the brunt of the tariff costs. You know, tariffs have been around, as Simon mentioned earlier, you know, been a part of the American economy as well as other countries for, for a long time. The, it seems like the era of few tariffs and that robust free trade is starting to end. Tariffs are going to likely continue to dominate the news as governments increasingly use them as economic tools and foreign policy tools. Now, they did just actually meet and agree to halt tariffs, China and the U.S., for now. But again, who knows how long that's going to last. So we're, we're kind of hoping that our conversation today has given people a little bit more clarity on at least the mechanics of how tariffs work. Right. And so that's really important. It, it, that's very helpful, Baron, to help us understand what they are, how they work, and obviously, you know, they can affect different parts of our economy. So I think this is really important. But as usual, our time has flown by. The time is up for this week's show. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we have to go today? Well, we want to thank the listeners for tuning in again today. I encourage them to visit our website at wellingtonadams.com and get a copy of that retirement planning toolkit. You can give us our you can give the office a call as well at 855-793-2409. Take advantage of that to uh, some time to sit down with us. Let us help you get your retirement plans on track, outline your goals, make sure that you're on track to meet them. And if you already have done a little bit of planning, congratulations. It's good to hear because we rarely hear that. But come in and get a second opinion. Make sure that you are on track and that things are looking good for the retirement future. Thank you for listening to Financially Free with Wellington Adams. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard at Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. Call 855-793-2409 or visit them online at wellingtonadams.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Baron Fitzgerald, Simon Hilliard, and Wellington Adams Investment Advisory are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.